Hello, everyone, and inside today's episode of Locked On Canadians, it was a super Super Bowl weekend for the Montreal Canadiens. They went 2-0 over the Islanders and the Oilers. We will have your game recaps, and then it is the start of the week. That means it's time for 3-up and 3-down, where we list our people on the rise and people on the fall in and around hockey and the Montreal Canadiens organization. All that and more inside today's show. Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 784 of Locked On Canadians. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Remember to make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. We, of course, are your daily Habs podcast. You can find us wherever you find your daily podcast and on YouTube. And if you're subscribed, ring the bell to get notified every time we post a new episode. I am one of your hosts. I am Scott Matlin. I'm joined, as always, by the active stick, Laura Saba. And I have not lured Laura about, uh, Laura about what is happening in the down section because it's funnier when I don't and she gets to react in time. But Laura, Habs go 2-0 and coming off the All-Star break. How are we feeling uh, this weekend? Honestly, it's hard not to feel good about it. I know we're supposed to be cheering for a tank, blah, blah, blah. I'm so tired of that debate. It's just fun to win. It's fun to beat teams like the Oilers because, for whatever reason, they're incapable of losing to the Canadians without everyone in on the team and in the province filling their diaper. Uh, so that was pretty <laughs> fun. Uh, also, usually the Canadians are not great at matinee games, and this was two in a row. Also, shout out to our friend Andrew Berkshire, who was a guest last week, our friend from Game Over, also responsible for the two of us becoming co-workers, um, because he got to take a son to his first NHL game which was adorable, and I'm so glad that his young son, five years old, I believe, if my math is correct, I'm very bad at math, uh, got to enjoy <laughs> such a great win. Yeah, I was going to say, and based on Andrew's tweets, uh, his son uh, is ready to join Twitter with the rest of us, uh, which, for the love of God, please don't. Uh, don't ever do that to a child. Uh, to put some phrasing on this, I only caught bits and pieces of the Canadians game against the Islanders because I was at my day job getting ready for Super Bowl weekend. When you sell beer and it's Super Bowl weekend, unfortunately, some things take precedence. But watching the highlights and looking at the numbers, the Canadians put, a, even though they had lost that game in overtime, the Canadians in the reverse retros, no less, in a matinee game, put in a really strong effort against a very... I don't want to say stingy Islanders team, but a very frustrating Islanders team. They're usually very structured in the way that they play. And that's always caused the Canadians some issues when they try to be a little bit more free flowing under Martin St. Louis. And in that game, Mike Hoffman, three assists, and we will get to him later on too. But Mike Matheson's the hero in overtime, huge win. And you know what, Ed, that, Ed they had, you know, only won that game over the weekend. It's a feel-good moment. They don't have to wear the reverse retros anymore. They won this game in overtime, in a matinee, etc. And then they came out against the Oilers and went, what if we win two games in a row? And they didn't just beat the Oilers. They put the Oilers face-first into a porta potty and kicked it over on them. The Oilers had nothing for the Canadians at 5-on-5 five five in this game. 
And everything that what happened in the Islanders game, they just took it and applied it into the Oilers game and built on it. The Islanders game was a lot of structured, smart team play with the puck and aggressiveness. And against the Oilers, it's like they're, they, we have to go out there and get ahead of it. The Islanders, you can kind of trade punches with Bo Horvat's very good. Um, Matt Barzell's very good. Their defensive group is very good. And against the Oilers, it's it's McDavid and Drysaddle and Hopkins, Nugent Hopkins and Evander Kane and et cetera. And the Canadians did played almost in the opposite style, but took those same lessons. I gotta say, out of everything on my card, even with Alex Belzeal's first NHL goal, didn't expect a six-two score line here. Really, really impressed with the way they played in this game, and that's still very shorthanded uh, across the board. And they just absolutely took it to the Oilers. Tanking aside, great weekend, great for morale and great learning experiences for a lot of guys on this team. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, I think the only time I really didn't like the way the Canadians looked were on some of the PKs, to be honest, which, you know, Jake Allen, like, did kind of clean up there, which we aren't used to him doing as of late. Um, So I do think that, you know, I was watching the Oilander, the Oilanders, the Oilanders. This weekend was the Oilanders weekend. I was watching the <laughs> Oilers play a team that I honestly, if you look at them, like the Oilers are supposed to be like in contention mode. Um, I'm looking at the Habs, which are in AHL mode at best. And the Canadians were skating circles around them. And it's like, I, I think to me, like if you're the Edmonton Oilers, it is time to trade some players for some other players. And I would like to suggest that you take on some of our bad players and give us some of your good players. That is the suggestion that I would like to make. Hold on, 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 hold on. Our bad players were better than all of the Oilers' supposed good players. I can list to you, I'm going to go to NHL.com right now and do this. I'm going to list to you Every player on the Canadians that had more points than Connor McDavid in this game. Are you ready? Nick Suzuki, Josh Anderson, Jonathan Drouin, Christian Dvorak, Yol Armia, Raphael Harvey-Pinard, Michael Pazetta, Yessi Yolanen, Alex Belzeal, Evgeny Dodonov, Kirby Doc, Mike Matheson, Jonathan Kovacevic, Jordan Harris. All of those players had at least one point. Connor McDavid in this game. Zero. Zero, zero, minus three, two penalty minutes, seven shots, two hits, two giveaways, two takeaways, 75% on faceoffs in 25 minutes played L. L. I don't know which way this goes on camera yet years into this. Did you, did you tweet the, the here's your L yet? Or I have not tweeted it? that yet because <laughs> I'm currently arguing with Oilers fans who think Vincent DeHarnay beat up Arbor Jacki, which is something we will get to in the next second here. This was, and they talked about David Savard, Arpen Basu was talking uh, during the intermission about this, about how he's become kind of the team dad. There's no flash to the game in this, but you see the efforts and you see the cohesiveness. And as someone who covers the Rocket mainly, I've seen that in their past two games as well. They're shorthanded. They're missing their top players because their top players are with the Canadians and the Canadians are missing their top players because they are with God, a.k.a. the doctor. Uh, and the cohesiveness is coming together to have a simplified game plan and it works. This is two wins that in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter. They're probably not going to pick first overall unless they really bottom out here. And as our friend 
uh, Ian on Twitter has put it, their march is brutal. I'm happy for them to get some of these points now. And it sounds crass, but Dodonov playing better. Trade deadline's coming up. Jonathan Drouin playing better. Trade deadline's coming up. Mike Hoffman playing better. Trade deadline's coming up. Joel Edmondson not putting pucks in his own net. Trade deadline's coming up. All of the pieces are slowly starting to grow and come together in a way that you want them to. And this is a win over the Oilers team, a team who is looking to add, allegedly Eric Carlson, and is looking to ship out pieces. Allegedly, yes, Pugliarvi will be on waivers on Monday. There's a lot that if you're the Oilers watching this team, you got punched in the mouth by an AHL squad, basically. And there are pieces there that are available who will put in the effort when they're motivated. Great weekend. I know people are going to talk about the tank and this and that. I like wins. I like wins in games that they deserve to win. They deserve yeah. to beat the Islanders. They deserve to beat the Oilers. And now... I'm over tank talk, to be honest. Like, we're just going to... Like, the rest of the season, the chips are going to fall where they may. And that's exactly it, is that I don't want to be negative talking about wins. Because no one, no one has fun with that. Now, though... We have to shift to the negative portion of the show here, and that is it is the down section of three up and three down, and we're going to get into all that and more coming up next. But first, today's show is also brought to you by our friends at Athletic Greens. They are a product I use every morning because it is the best way to start your day. And if you want to know what Athletic Greens is, you're going to be absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day right. The special blend of ingredients helps your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, gives you energy, helps with recovery, focus, and can help, you know, fight the effects of aging. And it's lifestyle friendly. So if you are vegan or dairy-free or gluten-free, Athletic Greens can work for you. It has over 7,000 five-star reviews and gets recommended by professional athletes. And it's climate neutral certified. So if you're worried about the environment, they have you covered there as well. So right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. Take it in the morning, take it in the midday, take it whenever. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements anymore. And to make it even easier, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. We are back here at Locked On Canadians. As always, thank you for tuning in. If you're watching on YouTube, and thank you for subscribing wherever you get your daily podcasts. Every Monday, if you are new here, welcome. I am not as crazy as I look. I am more crazy than I look. We do three up and three down, where we go across the Canadians organization or the NHL, depending on how things have gone, to find who's on their way up and who's on their way down. We always start with the down because we always want to end our show on a good note. And the down this week is out of, literally out of control of the player it involves. Arbor Jacki left the game in the second period against the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, he hit Vincent DeHarnay so hard he injured himself. And that is not me being hyperbolic. That is quite literally what happened. He punched that man so hard, he potentially dislocated his shoulder, which is terrifying. Very, very terrifying. And it's not Jack Guy's fault. Uh, he, Jack Guy got cross-checked by Evander Kane four times. Kane got a penalty. Immediately does what Evander Kane does. No, he didn't go bankrupt. He started a scrum because that's what he does. Vincent DeHarnay jumped in 
to probably save Evander Kane's entire life in that situation. Those two got in a fight in the corner. Jack Eye left the game, and as they saw uh, on Twitter in the video, you can see as he's going towards the bench, he kind of motions towards his shoulder. Not great news is injury news. The down list for me right now is the injury issue keeps getting worse, and it's not Jack Eye's fault. He, you know, you never know that something like that is going to happen, but damn, if it doesn't sting a little bit that one of the really good bright spots, one of the exciting parts of the team this year could potentially be seriously injured as well. And that's just getting real wind out of the sails and not just wind out of the sails. The wind has ripped through the sails. The sails have fallen into the ocean and somehow been struck by lightning and burst into flames. The sails are not coming back at this point. I, I got to say it stings. I've become a big Arbor Jack High fan in the last year, seeing his development and losing him. It sucks. It sucks hard. Yeah. I, I, and he's one of the reasons to watch these games every single night, even when the Canadians aren't playing well, you know, he's bringing his all. So I think it is a big loss for us as fans. I just hope that whatever happened, like it's something where it's like they put the shoulder back into place. He gets some rest. A little bit of rehab and he gets back. I hope it's not serious. They said that he wasn't coming back tonight. And then now we're still waiting on further news as to what happened and how long he's going to be out. And obviously we're recording this right after the game. So, you know, by the time you listen to this, there might be some news. But for me, I just really hope he's not out for an extended period of time because he generally is one of the bright spots. He doesn't deserve to be injured. And I love watching him and and I'm going to miss him on the ice. And that's the thing is uh, the Canadians are off on Monday. They have a day off, which I believe is scheduled, which they probably deserve after this weekend. I know they're all getting back from vacation, but another day off is not going to do them any any harm whatsoever. We're probably going to see some bodies moved around here now that Druin and Armia are back in the lineup. What they're going to do with Jack Ayotte, I assume Weidman will step into that role for the time being. They might call someone up from Laval. They have Corey Schooneman. They have Madison Bowie. They have Matthias Norlinder. They have William Trudeau. They had uh, Nicolas Baudin. They have options if they want to, but I also think they might not want to mess with that group too much because the Rocket have also been on a roll as of late. And I'm hoping it's not serious because uh, there was one of those doctors who kind of floats around who answers questions on potential sports injuries who said it could be day-to-day, week-to-week, or it could be five-plus month shoulder surgery. Who knows? Caulfield played through a shoulder injury, rightly or wrongly, This could just be one of those things that you have to pop it back in and you're going to miss it like a week or two and rest it. And then we're going to reevaluate, but we don't know. All I know is right now though, is that it stinks because I'm going to miss Arbor Jack eye. And I might, I know a lot of fans biggest fear is without him playing are other teams going to start taking liberties with players. Don't know, but I'd really rather not find out my other down this week. Anyone who watched the Canadians Oilers game came away kind of with the same thought here. NHL officiating is hot garbage. And I mean, like it's been left in a black trash bag sitting on the curb for three weeks because the city sanitation workers are on strike for a better contract in August. And it stinks kind of hot garbage. This game nearly ended up tied because the official started calling everything in the Oilers favor and they got a power play. It was wiped out by what probably should have been goaltender interference. They scored, had another power play after that, and then immediately got a five on three where they did not score and then scored immediately after David Savard exited the box. The Oilers had nothing in this game at five on five. 
and we've talked about game management and whatever it is. I don't care what it is. The Oilers had no business being in this game. And the minute that you let them start getting into it and then they start losing again because they aren't good enough on that day, the Oilers were not good enough to beat the Canadians on Sunday. Deal with it. That's God's honest truth. We all watch the same game. Most of us anyways. Everyone gets frustrated and then it gets ugly like it did because the Canadians, they benefited from what seemed like a kind of suspect makeup call in there where Harvey Pinard got a tip in goal. You know, great. The Canadians benefited as well. The standard of officiating is so bad from game to game to week to week. It's on my downlist and it should just perpetually be on my downlist because it sucks. It's not, I'm not going to beat around the bush with this. NHL officiating sucks. And yeah, the Super Bowl is tonight where I'm sure everything will be under a microscope and we're going to hear about how bad NFL, NFL officiating is. But watching this game, almost allowing a team back into it because of game management is so unnecessary and I'm over it. Figure it out. They won't, but I'm trying and begging and pleading for you to try and figure it out. Uh, Laura, do you have any thoughts on that? No, I have nothing to add as usual. A Scott Matlow rant cannot be improved upon. This was this was a low-key one, too. I, I didn't even wake the dog up this time. So that is, that's good for everyone involved. Luckily, our neighbors aren't home because apparently our walls are paper thin. However, as we said, it is three up and three down, which means we're going to move into our up segment next. We've got prospects. We've got 31-year-olds scoring their first NHL goal and so much more. And that's all coming up next. But as we mentioned, this show is also brought to you by our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook. It is the midway point of the NBA season. It's here now. The trade deadline is just passed. It's the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book. And guess what? If you're a new customer, you get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. And there's bonus bets back if your bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sports app, Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. New teams have added new bodies. The Knicks have added bodies. Golden State's added bodies. You can figure out money line parlays. Whatever you are looking for, you can do that with the NBA as they make their march towards the playoffs. Plus, FanDuel lets you even combine your bets for a bigger chance at a bigger payout with a single game parlay. And don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA and LockedOn. And as always, please make sure you are betting responsibly, play within your limits. It's time for the ups here. And I don't know where to start because after this weekend, there are so many potential ups that I think we should start with. I have a handful of honorable mentions. Let's just do all of them. Let's just, let's a lot just of do people. all the joy. Let's just do all the joy though. Well, I'm going to start with this then. I have a trio from this weekend, and that's Evgeny Dodonov, that is Mike Hoffman, that is Jonathan Drouin. All had multi-assist, multi-point games in both games this week, in different games this weekend. All are looking so much more involved. Than maybe it was they needed a break. Maybe they needed a rest or whatever it was. But it's good to see good hockey being played. They might not win games like this all the time. They probably won't win games like this all the time. But I like to see players get rewarded for the good efforts. And all three of those players, much maligned for much of the season, are putting in efforts and getting results for it. It's hard to not be happy for them. 
Yay for trade value. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that is that is the business side of it that we talked about a little bit in the last one. Uh, to switch gears, we're going to go into the prospects real quick here. Sean Farrell remains small goals boy, comma, Harvard's version. What a weekend. What a weekend. Five-point game. He was going into Saturday, I believe, two points back of Adam Fantilli for the NCAA scoring lead. And all signs are pointing that he will be joining the Canadians this spring. Ha, it, it's so hard to not be over the top about this because I was right about his potential college uh, scoring and everything else. And I'm trying to be non-repugnantly smug about this. And I'm failing miserably because I done told y'all Sean Farrell is that dude. He's the and real I deal. Would, I would like my flowers on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's hard not to get excited about short kings. You know, you know where I am. I'm a short person. I'm always championing the short people. And when they succeed, I'm very happy. So I'm very excited to see if he can translate it to the NHL. And speaking of short kings, another honorable mention, uh, Raphael Harvey Pinard. Come on. Another two goals this him. weekend. Six goals in nine games. The nicest stat line out of anyone on the Canadians right now. And he did it coming up from an overage draft pick, AHL contract, entry-level contract, all the way to playing on the top line in Montreal. Injuries or not, Raphael Harvey Pinard is that guy. And someone else, again, I tried to tell y'all, he's going to make it. I didn't think he would make it like this, but damn if he isn't making this work worth every moment for himself and his value to this organization right now i just you know again he's another guy you can't help but be happy for he's put in all the work and i'm glad the canadians are giving him options to succeed with obviously in a long-term situation he's not going to be on the top line of the montreal canadians right when you're uh when your cole caulfields are back blah 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 when you're when your slavkovskis are slavkovskis are healthy but it's just fun to see where they give him that kind of ice time and he's rewarding them with points and goals. And speaking of rewarding uh, points, goals, etc., we've had a lot of questions about Mike Matheson in the last couple of weeks now that he's been healthy and back playing about how we're feeling about his, se his season and everything else going on. His game against the Islanders was like a standout game for him this season. He was everything as advertised. He was smart with the puck. He made good passes. He made good first passes out of the zone. He skated the puck out of his zone. He nearly won it in overtime in the opening seconds. And then he did win it in overtime shorthanded thanks to a great play on the penalty kill in overtime. This is the Mike Matheson that we were hoping to see earlier. Obviously injuries and whatnot, you know, compounded that. But I got to say, really happy with what I'm seeing. And I know that there is the Mike Matheson experience. He'll be bad, and then it'll be great, and then it'll be bad, and then it'll be great. We had Jeff Petrie since 2015. This is not a new concept to any of us in Montreal. Big fantasy number eight step up here. and Getting that overtime winning goal at the Bell Center, no less. It's got to feel good for a guy from Montreal. I agree. I just I, I have so many hopes for him because I know that he's a Jeff Petri type player so I know that there's going to be moments where he's going to be much maligned in this market but I'm also like if he can stay consistent with his like his level of play I just I feel like he's kind of found money he's not he's not too expensive he's not 
you know, you're not paying him like your number one defenseman. And he's he's really good when he's A, not injured, and B, on, on his game. So I just, I find that the, the only issue I've ever had with him is his lack of consistency. Uh, and so I'm really glad that he's showing up in the last few games. And I hope that he's able to continue this for the remainder of the season. And we're going to end it with, well, one AHL guy and one uh, AHL prospect here against the Oilander, against the Oilanders. Even I did it this time too. Sorry. You're off on me. Sorry. Against the Oilers. The scoring in this game was not started by Connor McDavid or Leon Dreisaitl or Nick Suzuki or Kirby Doc or anyone you would have expected. It was opened by 31-year-old Lavelle Rocket captain Alex Belzeal finally scoring his first NHL goal. And it's those moments that even if they had lost this game, worth it. Everyone on the bench is smiling. Everyone around him is smiling. It's a huge moment for the captain of the Rocket. He gets that goal. He was just representing the Rocket at the All-Star game last weekend or at the beginning of this week, he played Monday night in the three-on-three All-Star tournament. He came back up. He's worked hard, and that line continues to produce on that fourth line. He, Pozzetta, and whoever they put there, just working away. wasn't pretty. It wasn't a superstar goal. It was just working hard and sticking with the play. And, and a goal that, at the Bell Center. At the Bell Center, opening the game when everyone you know is fully engaged and watching because – They're not getting blown out or it's not a blowout yet. It was a meaningful goal. Not garbage time, not an empty netter. Opening goal of the game. Really hard to not be happy for him. And in the AHL, Caden Primo. Caden Primo has been on fire since coming back. He only made a million saves last game. Yeah, Friday night he had, I think it was 40 saves again, 40 plus saves against the Syracuse Crunch. It was more than 40. Just an insane performance. And he played the next night against Utica, one of the top teams in their division and in the league. And they blew them out 6-2, 7-2 with three shorthanded goals. And Caden Primo backstopping them. Jean-Francois Houle said it best. We need him to be that guy that he was in the playoffs last year. And right now he is being that guy. We've given him some flack this year for not being consistent. Since coming back from injury, he's looked a lot better than he did beforehand. He's on my up list this week. Not saying he needs to go to the NHL right now, but I am saying this is the guy we were hoping to see. Laura, do you have any final parting thoughts on our up list this week? Uh, no, I think we're pretty good with the up list. I'm very happy with, you know, it's hard to pick on anyone's game this week. Yeah, I mean, they went 2-0. The Rocket went 2-0. The prospects are playing great. Monday night, we will see uh, Sean Farrell and the Harvard Crimson take on Jaden Struble and Northeastern in the Beanpot Finals. So I will have hopefully some highlights of that for you before after we record as always you can follow us on twitter at lo underscore canadians you can follow laura at the active stick you can follow myself at scott matla remember you can find us wherever you find your daily podcast in your podcatchers or on youtube just make sure you ring the bell to get notified every time we post a brand new episode folks we will see you all next time